Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monty and Mickey, a special uh, shorty edition. I don't know. That doesn't sound... Eh, we gotta figure that out sounds kind of dirty. How about Minnesota? Minnesota. Oh, that. but that's that's really close to Minnesota, and I don't know if I'm... Yeah, we're not wearing purple. That's for mm. damn sure. Mini, mini Monty and Mickey. <laughs> Say that five times. Mi- mini, mini cast. Mini, mini, mini pod. But anyways, it means that it's a shorter episode is what it, what it comes down to. We're going to try something, <laughs> we're gonna try something a little bit different today. We're going to do a shortened like half an hour, 40 minutes episode. And what we're going to do is we're going to recap the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. Um, Book of Boba Fett, uh, Disney Plus show that uh, just aired uh, as we're recording this yesterday, Wednesday, the, is that the 9th, 10th? Yep, um, the 9th. Uh, so we're going to try to incorporate this. We realized that we weren't able to do, you know, the full length episodes, um, you know, every week. And, and it's, you know, it, it's not that it necessarily takes that much work, but it's just a time commitment that we're we're trying to get schedules to line up. Anyways, this is this is our attempt. We will still be doing those full, you know, hour, hour and a half episodes uh, throughout the year. But this is going to be a kind of a, a test run to see uh, how it would work out to just do like a one episode review. And so then in the future, like for, uh, I don't know, um, I guess oh, the Kenobi series, that's coming up. That'd be the next one, right? Um Yep. And so that one would be a good one to kind of use as a pilot program is like, okay, you know, I'm sure there's only going to be another six or seven episodes every week. We watch the episode a day or two, a couple days later, we talk about it and get our initial thoughts, get our, you know, but, but it's not going to take a full, you know, hour and a half to, to do this anymore. Or Or so we hope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, So, yeah. The other thing uh, is, the other yeah, thing ahead. is, I, I think we'll revisit probably point, the way yeah. we've been doing it. We'll visit revisit the whole season, but yes. this is like an introduction to a special episode or uh, possibly all the episodes. And then, and then if we feel the need, like if we left anything out or whatever, we can go back because once we've opened a subject, it's always it's open for then on. Then we can always revisit it and, and go back and, and update and maybe go back to anything we missed so yeah yeah absolutely i mean a list of topics that we have that we'd like to cover is you know a mile long right um so we we definitely have that opportunity uh definitely not closing any doors by any means Uh, there's a lot to unpack and that's why we that would definitely that definitely deserve its own its own full full episode um so yeah i guess that's it. I think were you ready to kind of dive into it? Yes, yeah. sir. All right. So this is episode seven of Book of Boba Fett. It uh, ended up being, I mean, this is this is really a. Is it a limited series? I guess. Did Did you see any anywhere that this is a limited series or anything? That I did. It, like, is only going to be this one season, or they're speculating either way. And I, since we're getting right into it. I wrote, I basically took a note that there's a good sign there will be another season or because the Mandalorian played such a big role. uh, Anything, any questions they answered, like with the end credit scene or anything they've left up in the air, you know, just the way they left it, that he's going to take over the town or whatever, or, you know, without 
a lot of resistance. Uh, if nothing else, they'll continue it on in season three of the Mandalorian. I would think if, if this season or if this series was limited and done. Right. Right. And again, we will definitely want to cover more in depth about what the season was, you know, the flashbacks and uh, the, the entire episode of just Mandalorian. And what did that mean? And why, you know, why did they do it that way? How did, you know, how did they lay it out? But yeah. So uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would, with the way that this ended, I think that there's, Absolutely. It could go both ways. I think the, you obviously watched the end credit scene as well, correct? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which was yeah. surprising. But as I was fast forwarding, I'm like, hey, there's more. And as usual, like with the Marvel movies, there's a lot that they give away in those big, big Easter egg. Yeah. And I think some people are speculating that there's going to be a Cobb Vamp spinoff, basically. Yeah. Either that or he becomes a big part of the next season of Boba Fett or Mandalorian or whatever. Right, because usually that, I mean, obviously that's what we saw in the Mandalorian Season 2 end credit scene was the whole, here's Boba Fett coming in and, oh, yeah, it's going to be the Book of Boba Fett. And, you know, that. so I think that that was kind of the idea, you know, that's been the idea is that it, it leads into the next the next season or the next series or whatever that's going to happen. Um, so, okay, so before getting into that, this entire series, it, entire um, episode was set up just like The Mandalorian, where each episode introduced either new characters or built on existing characters, and kind of it all led up to this climactic event at the end of the season, which I think at both Mandalorian Season 1, Mandalorian Season 2, both of those situations, you know, get the gang back together, kind of, you know, montage type deal. You know, so essentially, in a nutshell, Boba Fett's trying to pull together a group so that he can defend or, uh, you know, basically push out uh, the guys that are running the spice. And what I'm sorry, what was their names again? It wasn't Trandoshians. That was the lizard people. Um, do you remember what the no? The guys, no, I'm, no, I'm um, farting now that you said that. But anyway, so. So the, these, these like, they're really like aquatic kind of creatures or, or aliens. They, they, they're running Spice, which is basically, and we'll talk about this a little bit, uh, a very big parallel to gangster movies or, you know, or the Godfather. Western movies even. Western, you know, and, and so you've got, you've got, you know, gangster, you've got Western, You've got um, samurai influence. All of these are very like almost one to one. I mean, what do they they call it a space opera, right? I mean, it's a you know they they took basically the best genres of George Lucas's Dave Filoni's you know time, Kevin Feige probably um, and uh, John Favreau and and they said okay let's 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 kind of make them our own or use those as a as a starting point or a background or a, you know, a structure. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. At the core of this, that's what I feel like. It's very much a, you know, it's a, it's a gangster movie, really. It's a, you know, they're trying to keep these people out. And so he's going around and he's trying to get as many people as he can. And, uh, and sees in the episode six, we see that, uh, you know, the spoiler alert, obviously, but uh, the character of Cad Bane 
is introduced in the live action form, which is a really big deal. Um, and that all tied into the people of Freetown coming and helping and, and all that. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the gist of it. I, I, there, there's a lot. I don't want to do a full recap just because we, we're going to try to keep this shorter episode. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, at the end, the end of the day, uh, big highlights, you've got Boba Fett's uh, friends, the people who are, you know, he are introduced throughout the season, come to help him. And they, they really are staying loyal to him. And what we find out is the other factions, the other groups of people who live in the city, they really just turned on him. And at one point, the Mandalorian even says, you know, it was the good bet or it was the, the sure thing. Or yeah, that, well, that was the smart thing to do. Yeah, The smart thing to do, yeah. They're, so, they're, called, the, they're called the Pike Syndicate. That Pike Syndicate, yeah. yeah, I, don't, yeah. yeah. I, get on, I get in front of a microphone and my, my brain farts. Yeah. Amen. But anyways, um, so yeah, so the the Pikes basically pay everybody off. They hire this Cobb uh, or uh, Cad Bane, and then they're they just don't want Boba Fett to mess up what they've got going on. And and it's interesting to me, I guess, just in retrospect, that the Huts, who we think of the Huts, I mean, you see Jabba's influence and power just a little bit, even during episode one pod racing and then obviously in episode six in the return of the jedi and uh so you know it's just curious to me that they're afraid and they're like no we don't want to get into this it's bad for business we're gonna leave they actually leave the planet yeah let's leave tatooine which obviously jabba the hut was you know i think that was pretty much his home um but but again, it, it it just you see this pattern of setting them up and then knocking them down. I mean, you've got black chrysanthemum, or I can call, call them chrysanthemum. Right? That's like, easier uh, to pronounce than chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum, black chrysanthemum. So he's a Wookiee. The, the Wookiee, yeah. The Wookie. the the black haired Wookiee with the lightning, um, you know, what is it? Ripped. Like a, and he's ripped. Yeah. He's, he's a big. Dude. He's a big dude. I think. I think uh, Chewie would have his hands full. Yeah. So, you know, you got him coming back. You obviously got the um, uh, the Gamorrean guards who were always been there, and then the people of Freetown coming back, and the whole episode with that. Uh, the Mandalorian. Um, Fennec Shan's clearly there. Those right. modders, I think they call them, the the, the kids on the, yeah. the scooters. Yeah. Um, they're, how they're how they don't get destroyed easier is beyond me, but I guess they're just that. They're like, yeah, they're, they're made than of Beskar. Apparently. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you got you got this basically set them up and hit them, you know, knock them down type of situation where each one of those characters, each one of those groups of people, play a a important role in the movie or in the, in the season finale. So um, I just thought it was really cool that, you know, we, we saw this, like I said, in season one of the Mandalorian and then at the end of season two, that just working together, kind of using their own unique skills in a way that, you know, makes sense. Like I heard, you know, at one, one point in a review video, this is like, you know, the city folk working with the country folk or Freetown's kind of the country folk. And, you know, and it's just a, it's just a really cool to see, you know, almost this like 
team up Avengers style. Um, oh, I guess, yeah. what were your thoughts on that? And, and then even in, in the big, you know, Rancor in the room, huh? huh? Yeah. Um, wow. The Rancor came back and he actually wrote him, which is kind of a, well, I definitely want to talk about that, but it's essentially, so in Felucia, there was these like witches in Star Wars lore that would ride the native Rancors like they trained them. And it's really interesting. I mean, like I said, more you need, we need to dive into it. But the fact that they kind of imprint themselves on in one individual, it really makes you feel bad for that Rancor Keeper and yeah. in, in, in Return of the Jedi, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. Like that just gives a whole, like only Dave Filoni can go back or, I mean, Dave Filoni, I don't know if he directed that episode, but only him and John Favreau can go back and make, somehow make a 30-year-old movie, 40-year-old movie, like, better and have more depth. Like, somehow right. they're able to do that. Yeah. And, and provide that background. That little, like, couple throwaway lines. It's like, oh, my gosh, now I feel bad for him. You know? Right. Just kind of humanizing even the Rancor and making him, like, oh, he's actually a sweet, he's actually a sweet type of monster if you're, you know, once he's loyal to somebody. Yeah, that, I right. thought that was kind of cool, too, because otherwise it's just, you know, a monster who just, you let loose and turns out right. once Boba lost, lost track of him, he did kind of turn on this, on the whole city. And I, I like how they kind of <laughs> turned that into a King Kong type yep. of scene. I thought that mm-hmm. was awesome. But it was, that so was cool. the other one. Yeah. They, definitely a King Kong like influence or whatever, like almost a one-to-one, you know, comparison of with the Rancor. And right. yeah, I, I don't know. Again, this is, Oh man, I just I I am so happy. I mean, we're just living in such an amazing time is in terms of Star Wars. I mean, Mickey, you lived through, you know, the 80s and 90s where you were I mean, you even said it yourself, people were losing their minds when they just announced the fact that episode 1 was coming out that there was going to be prequels. You oh, know? right. And so it was a different getting, time. We're getting stuff, new stuff every week and people were waiting decades for just any new content. Meanwhile, Kenner's re-releasing, you know, Luke Skywalker for the 15th time in the Power of the Force or the whatever series they decided, you know, in 1995 or whatever, you know. So it's like, it's just so cool to see that, to see right now just the amount of content. And it's not just garbage content. I mean, this was some of the best moments in all of Star Wars history. I mean, I, I said that about the Mandalorian, the season finale of the Mandalorian too. I thought, I thought that like that moment that Luke comes on to the ship, like, and everything that happens, like that, I mean, it gives me goosebumps still when I watch it, but like, it's just so like, it's not taking away anything from the original trilogy or the prequels, maybe the sequels. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, it's so, it just adds to it. Like it makes it so much better. It's enhancing it. Yeah. It's enhancing. Yeah. Um, And I, I mean, I, I agree. Like this season got a little more like the Mandalorian. I think it was, it was a new character that being introduced. It was the first series based on star Wars that wasn't animated. So I think people had a little more uh, leeway. They were a little more willing to put up with things that they might've normally criticized. Cause that's what, people love to do now um and i it was really well done I, I, like you say the western type theme and everything is really cool how they do that and then this one got a little more 
like th- throughout the season, it was a little more criticism, but I think it was a, a lot of buildup. I think they were just trying to slowly anticipate or build up your anticipation for this final episode, which I don't know if it was quite as good as the final episode of season two of Mandalorian. 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 <laughs> English. Is your phone cut out there for a second. Yeah, no, that was just my tongue that cut out. But I mean, I this this episode it was the longest one of the season, and I think. If nothing else, if you didn't necessarily care as much for the rest of the season, it was worth it for this buildup because this episode was so great and there was so much going on. There was battle scenes and there was just a little bit of everything going on, you know? Right. Yeah, there was, you know, that heavy dialogue. There was uh, somewhat heavy dialogue. There was a lot of, like, thinking about how they were going to do things. There was humor. I mean, with the yeah. whole, you know, that, that mayor. And then, obviously, then at the end, Fennec Shan just – coming in and kicking ass and taking right. names I, I mean, actually i actually wrote down where did she go why they need her in this battle i mean mandalorian and boba fett which is but they both get knocked on their ass a few times and i'm like man these guys are supposed to be so badass they get knocked down an awful lot in this supposed older age of theirs and and then you see fennec shan she just kicks ass all the time and i'm like where'd she go though and then they show her afterwards you're like oh and then i wrote down literally in capital letters found her as she destroys all the leaders, making her point. Yeah, that was awesome. What, which is, and I know people feel like they're almost like Tatooine, you know, fatigue. Because it's like, seems like every story is on Tatooine. But um, it is kind of interesting that they played on the whole Mos Espa and Mos Eisley. Like, oh yeah, of course the biggest crime syndicate on the country, or on the planet, lives in Mos Eisley, you know, yeah, the, of course, where where crime and what does he say, crime and villainy, um, Bob, or uh, Obi Wan in, in a New Hope, you'll never find more scum. Oh and yeah, villainy, right. You know? And he's yeah. talking about he's talking about that, and I, I just I don't know. I, I think that's it, from the first know, movie in No Less. Right, right. Did they like I said, building on that? Yeah. Um, one of the other things I want to touch on is so clearly, clearly, um. Grogu picked the the Mandalorian uh, yeah. path, which yeah, is interesting because yeah. it's like he learned all that stuff anyway. So it's like he can still use those the Force. It's not like right. like he just didn't get Yoda's lightsaber, basically. And I, I what I like about that is that you know this is like a Western tough guy kind of you know battle, and you know there's not a lot of emotion or I mean there's loyalty and stuff, but they don't necessarily show a lot of caring or can you know or just sweet kind of moments. And then he comes along and he launches himself at, at Mando or Din Djarin. And, and he's like, and Mando can't respond. Yeah. I, I missed you too. It's great to see, but we're kind of getting shot at right now. So maybe we yeah. just sit down and, you know, hold your excitement to see me a little bit. And then he comes and saves the day and saves his ass after that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, did you, did you, um, when you saw those, speaking of those droids, I guess we're just going to kind of do a shotgun <laughs> as we remember things. But did, did you um, did did you think of the droid decas in the um, episode one? Those like tripod looking guys with that, yeah, when they put that that shield up, like Especially that was my first. Shield, yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. I didn't know, you what know? To, and I didn't know what to call them. I actually wrote down destroyer droid, which is basically the same thing, but they were a little different. But that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, they were just like almost like a miniature version, and this one obviously had a little bit of a different, yeah, layout or whatever. But yeah, I, uh, I, I just again a really good 
you know, a, they somebody pointed out that that's the same type of shield they had, but it was also the same type of shield that the Gungans had when they put up that big shield um, in episode one. Um, so clearly, you know, between that and then obviously Din Djarin's new ship, uh, which is an old, you know, Naboo fighter class ship, um, you know, yep. just, just all that kind of coming together was just great. And um, But yeah, I guess, you know, my my big takeaways from all of this is that we see more characters and they and they're they're introducing more they're not afraid to go out and put somebody as big eh, not as big as ahsoka but big uh at that cad bane you know and you yep. create him in a in a um in a live action version All and right. then you know but what was interesting about that is i didn't think they were going to kill him no, yeah, that I, was surprised. I was, I, I thought maybe they'd take him hostage or whatever. Like he doesn't seem like he just seems so big to like. And I know that at that point he was older. Um, and also, you clearly tell that him and, and Boba had a history. Um, and that, and maybe that's why, yeah, they killed him now. But I'm guessing in other series or other episodes of either series, or even with the Cobb Vance, like you say, they introduced him, which is like your to your point. If if he has his own series, maybe they'll go into more of of who Bane is. Because, like, I was even talking at work with someone. It, it's almost I from what that person told me, he might have even had some time where he was training Boba Fett. Yes, that that is actually. I think it's all. I mean, now it's pretty much canon. When Boba Fett was a a boy, right right after the events of Attack of the Clones he kind of took him under his wing and like trained him as a bounty hunter. So, yeah. So it's a big deal to see him come back. Cause he like, especially in the books, he's such a big character. So to see them kill him off. But I think like you say, they'll go back and, and kind of um, cover some of that and how th- those two do have such a history. And now for Boba to be the one to kill him, you know, would be just kind of. And ironic. again, and it tie back to, you know, the, the Tuscan Raiders or the Sand People or right. whatever the politically correct term for them is, um, is that, you know, he's using the gaffy stick and that's how he killed them. And because it's something that he would have never seen coming. He doesn't have any defense for it. He's a shoot him up, you know, cowboy, six shooter kind of guy. Um, what I also thought was interesting. And and, sorry to interrupt, but it's right after he called him soft and said, uh, you know, I thought you were a killer. And then it's like, well, I guess I still am. No, you're dead. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And, and, and I think that it's, I don't know, I'm, (laughs) I kind of tend to get lost in the details, but what I noticed is they were very intentional about every time that his gun shot, it sounded like for a guy, for me, that, that hunts and is heard different calibers of guns. It sounded like they were trying to make his specific revolvers or whatever blasters sound like more high powered like a rifle almost. Yeah. Well, and even so, the way the laser came out of it, it looked different. So I think that there's something there, you know, same with the whole thing about kyber crystals that they don't ever dive into. I think that his guns are some kind of specially made blaster that, yeah, it's not going to penetrate the Beskar, but it's going to pack a punch. And <laughs> there was a, they, they kept talking about it in some of those review videos, but they, there was a, a episode that never got aired of um 
the uh, I think the Rebels Rebels TV show where they actually show how um, they actually show how Boba Fett gets that dent in his helmet, and oh. it's because he has a shoot off with you know Cad uh, Cad Bane, and he shoots him in the the helmet, and I it's like some kind of draw basically. So, yeah, there's just a lot of history and clearly with the tie to Rebels and everything. I mean, and he was even in the Bad Batch, you know? I mean, right. and, his, and that character. And maybe it parallels to, like, Luke and Darth Vader. Like, they've had multiple duels and, you know, one, one guy wins one fight, the next guy wins this, the next fight. And it's, I think it's probably kind of fitting because they're trying to make Boba Fett almost into, a like, a good guy as opposed to the maybe evil type of bounty hunter we thought of him as before. So for him to win the final battle was kind of fitting, I suppose, in his own book of Boba Fett. Well, and that was the other, I was, I was watching this and I mean, obviously, you know, you don't for sure know, but you're like, they're not, they can't kill him. Like that's right. not, maybe like, he'll it's, go it's into the back show. of the tank. Maybe he'll um, get into the back of the tank. At yeah. Some point. Right. And, and I mean, so it, yeah, it definitely was something that, you know, it, it kept you on the edge of your seat. You didn't really think that he was going to die. But then, you know, to see that gaffy st- – and I that was one thing I did pick up on, actually, was when he goes into that gunfight that he had the gaffy stick, like, across his back or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I noticed that, and I was like, oh, I wonder – and you could tell it was, like, worn down. I thought and, – and some people, other people have said this – and, and even kind of like speculation going in before the season or the uh, episode aired, I thought there was going to be the Tuscan Raiders were going to come back. Yeah. And I thought, I thought they were going to somehow be a part of it. It just seemed like that was what was leading up to, but, they, but his, his tribe was killed. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So it's like, you've got to, Oh, you just have so much to unpack. And, and, and I think that, you know, somebody said something along the lines of, if you watch, if you go straight, which clearly if you like The Mandalorian, you watch Book of Boba Fett. But if you went straight from The Mandalorian Season 2 to The Mandalorian Season 3, you'd be like, wait a second, what happened? Why is why is Grogu back with Din Djarin? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Um, but did you, okay, so I kind of put the pieces together, but didn't really put the pieces together until they came out and actually said it. Did you... Did you connect the dots quicker than me in the earlier episodes that the Pike Syndicate was the one responsible for killing the raid the Tuscan Raiders? I kind of, I kind of speculated on it just because it they kind of made it seem like there was some kind of shady thing going on, and then and then like you say in this episode when they finally just come out and mention that oh we've got Boba Fett fooled he thinks it's um, the other people and and. And then, and then when Bane actually comes out and says, "Oh no, it was actually the Pikes," you know, making Boba go, "Oh, well, now I really have a reason to be pissed off." But I, I kind of speculated. There's no way I knew for sure, and I didn't even put a whole lot of thought into it. But it was kind of nice how they disguised it and then kind of let it let the cat out of the bag completely in this last episode. Right, and I mean, not that, <laughs> and and I guess this kind of goes back to the whole. What uh, Tam- Tamira Morrison, the guy that plays Boba Fett and Jango Fett and all the clones, he um, he said, you know, we're not gonna, we're not good guys or bad guys. We're just kind of people. Neutral. But in, 
you know, it neutral, but and I and it was neutral, but it was like there's definite there was definitely a like sense of like let's try to be loyal to these people. I mean, the whole thing with those modders talking to them and they're like, hey, we're not leaving. This is our people. They're we're we're the only ones who can protect them right now. And just kind of that whole through line of like loyalty and I don't know. I think that I people got upset about the way that Boba Fett was portrayed in this. And I don't, I think that it's something, there's something to be said about character development. And right. for somebody like Boba Fett to go through such a traumatic event, like getting, you know, eaten by a Sarlacc and then have a group of people essentially save his life and learn from them. Like, there was a lot of things that were brought up about like how he really understood, started to understand the importance of having a tribe, right? That group of people. I was talking about something that, that other person at work, like I think in his older age, cause Bane kept calling him soft. And at one point he even says, well, that happens to all of us. But like, like this person at work pointed out, maybe he started to realize, okay, I'm getting, I'm going to need a clan of my own. And basically I've been living a lifestyle of isolation and mm-hmm. not really having any allies or anybody who I can trust or who trusts me. And that's a lonely life and you have no one to cover your back. So I think he's, you're, you're seeing a human side of him because he's starting to realize that this lonely isolated life uh, isn't the safest and it's no way to go, you know? Well, he even makes a comment about how, cause you know, Fennec Shan was Boba, Boba Hunter, bounty right. hunter. Uh, Boba Fett obviously was a bounty hunter. Uh, Din Djarin was about is a bounty hunter. He kind of makes a comment about how that lifestyle. He's seen too many people die right. for working for people who don't care about him. I mean, uh, Black Chrysanthemum. He's <laughs> even a uh, bounty hunter. You know, I he was a higher hand. That. I want him to start calling him that. In the, in the well, year. what was the nickname? I'd have to look it up. He gave him a nickname when he grabbed him after you know he was sitting there trying to fight him off to get yeah. back to the. I couldn't you understand know. it. Yeah, he said some. He said some nickname for him, and again, it just shows like in the in the comics, not even in any of the, you know, there's a Doctor Afra comic line where he's in there and he works with Boba Fett, and he and he works for Jabba the Hutt with Boba Fett, and there's or for I think even Darth Vader, and it's like this whole like complex history that's just really. It's just interesting to see them like tease that and where it's it's almost like the whole thing with uh Black Widow and Hawkeye, like, oh remember Budapest, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing where you're like, like Oh, there's there's an inside joke there, there's there's nicknames, there's a there's a sense of like and somebody else pointed out is like everybody that he had come help him, like almost all of them were people that didn't like him or who were you know, right. trying to kill him. Like that was his, that was his defining feature. If anything else, he turned people on his side. He came, he had them come and, you know, be right. a part of his tribe. Right. So uh, anyways, we're, we're, we're quickly approaching or have already gone over that half an hour mark. I want, I got a, I got an ending question, but before I get to that, is there anything else that you wanted to cover or wanted to mention? Well, well the um, only, one other thing I wanted, like, it was just, and this is maybe just nitpicking or critic, but like, as you're calling him Black Chrysanthemum, I thought it was kind of odd how he gets shot in the leg and yet all of a sudden he's running. I mean, there was a couple of those moments where I'm like, huh, apparently adrenaline is big for Wookiees too. Um, 
But then, but then he ends up. Uh, Boba actually offers him to, to go into the Baca tank, so you you know he's still hurt or whatever. And the only other thing I wanted to say is when when I actually for, first of all, why is why is Mando laying there so long when that droid is about to kill him? Just like oh, uh, like did, did he pass out? Did he like have a flashback? Like why didn't he get up when the guy's just slowly pull, pulling up his leg to crush him? And then, yeah. but that so that made me wonder. But then all of a sudden you see Grogu, little baby Yoda, come out. And I actually found myself cheering out loud at the TV, like, yeah, go get him, kid. Yeah. You know, yeah, so right. that, I mean, it was kind of cool. And it's just funny to me that there's times where he, he picks that he can use his force because he's ultimately more powerful than anybody out there just because he's got the force. It's funny how he, there's times that he picks and chooses when he's going to use it. And there's other times he just sits, sits idly by. So those yeah. kind of questions were going through my head as I'm watching too. Right. No, it, it's definitely. I mean, you can see he it, it takes a lot out of him. Yeah, I um, guess that's to use the force. So right. it's it's a uh, yeah. Anybody who's played a video game with like a health meter or like a power meter or whatever, like you can only use so much of your yeah, boost or whatever right. that's before true, you yeah. you know. So that, I think there's that, but that that does bring up. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's some some of those questions that I'm sure people will, you know pull apart and kind of explain away or whatever but yeah um i guess i'm really excited uh for the future um what <laughs> kind of jumping all over this what was your favorite moment either what was your favorite moment in this episode like what what scene was it was it that scene with with baby yoda or what, what do you if you had to narrow it down to just one where you're just like this was my favorite part I would say I probably have to choose between three because that's how I always end up weaseling out of answers like this or questions like that. <laughs> I, I like the baby Yoda, like just because they've been reunited and for Yoda to save Mando after Mando's done so much for him, thought that was cool. I really like the Rancor King Kong scene. For some reason, that stuck oh, yeah. out to me a lot. And then when I'm questioning where Fennec Shan was and like, why wasn't she around helping? She She goes through and saves the the civilians who are helping out, but then all of a sudden she's just disappeared. And then you see her drop down and, and kick some ass of all the other leaders so that these guys can now run the, run the town without any resistance. I thought that was pretty cool. Cause you know, it's cool to see, you know, girl power. It seems like she's more powerful and less and more of a badass than Mando and Boba a lot of times. So it, that's kind of cool too. You know, I just want to put something in perspective for you of how old she actually is, the actress who plays her. Yeah. She she voiced the original Disney animated Mulan. She was Mulan. No kidding. So she's been a she's yeah. She's Oh, not, she was she was in episodes of two and a half men. I've seen her in a lot of sitcoms and everything. Yeah. She's been around. Yeah. So but anyways, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate her as an actress. And, and still an attractive yeah. woman, I might add, since I always have to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would have never thought I when I when I saw Mulan and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, she, I was like doing the math in my head, that's something like this impossible. Right. Um and she looks, but, she, looks um, she makes being a badass pretty easy too. She makes it look pretty right. easy. Right. Um still waiting on that black series figure, so yeah. Ugh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> don't um, hold your breath. I don't want you to pass out. <sighs> Um, okay, so I guess my favorite scene was, was when you start to see in, like, the whole thing leading up to 
Boba Fett riding in on the Rancor. I've always liked the yeah. Rancor. I always right. thought that was such a awesome, and it makes perfect sense, like we talked about with the Rancor Keeper and everything. One of the thoughts that always kind of, like, made me upset or, like, kind of gnawed at me was how did they get the Rancor back in his cage after they let him out at Jabba's right. Palace? Like, how, yeah. what is that? Um, so I just, I just thought that was such a cool scene. And then also, I, I love that they had the Rancor pick up a guy and eat him. Yeah. But then also go to eat Din Djarin. And then, of course, because his best right. are, he's not going to be like, it was so, it was like, oh, duh. Like, yeah. it makes so much sense. Yep. So, yeah, that um, armor has, has, has helped those guys over and over again. Yeah. Um, and you can clearly see why between, you know, weapons being a part of their religion and the Beskar, like the Mandalorians are, you know, that's, that's, they draw their identity. I've, I would say that a Mandalorian's Beskar is probably just as important as a Jedi's lightsaber. I think this is right. kind of a, a good comparison. Of like, and that, oh, that's another you know. thing that, 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 that saber that he has, how he's still trying to figure it out. I think that's kind of cool. And, and the oh, other yeah. thing is yeah. even though he's, because he took his helmet off and he's been kicked out of, of the, the order, he still follows their rules and uh, applies it to every aspect of his life. I still think that's kind of cool. Cause he's, that's just, that's why he stayed with Boba and fought with him because this is the way. I know they yeah. kicked me out. I know I'm not a technically a, a Mandalorian anymore, but but I'm still that's that's how I live my life, and I'm going to continue to be that way. <laughs> what did, he said? Uh, do you still believe in that Bantha fodder? Yeah, <laughs> that that was a great and, callback. Yeah, and and then he says, "Yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> good," because I need yeah. help. Yeah, like like, but but you know, uh, Jabba said that. Yep. Oh, yeah. In, right. in uh, Return of the Jedi, he's like, sure. you'll be Bantha Fodder. So, yeah. Anyways, um, super excited for the future. Obviously, Mandalorian Season 3, uh, Ahsoka series, Andor, which is going to, you know, visit or go back in time and capture the things that, you know, Andor did before um, Obi-Wan. Rogue One. Obi-Wan, the first that will be the first one that comes out. And, you know, I, I, I guess... Again, it's just such a—I don't know—it's just such a good time to be. For for us nerds, it's a it's a good time to to be alive and being able to experience this media. I just—I don't know. I can't. I, I'm just. It's, oh, especially because, awesome. like you said, I, I've been around since the beginning, and we had to wait at least two years, you know, for the first, you know, for the, the first three movies, and then we waited however long for the next three. And that was without anything in between. Now we've got, you know, the movies aren't coming out as often because the Skywalker saga is over. But you got all these series, anim, both animated and live action. And, and there is um, threats of the movies coming out, too. So, yeah, there's just always something around the corner. And it's just, I, you can see how excited I am. I'm, I, I, even with the person at work, I was talking to him. I'm all geeky and just hyper about it. So, yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's I awesome. mean, and then the other part of that is Bad Batch Season 2. Yeah, right. I mean, from what I understand, those episodes, those episodes are a lot easier or quicker, not easier, quicker to make. You can make them a lot quicker. Sure, they're so, animated, right? So they're able to crank them out better, or not better. Good. <laughs> faster, faster. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. All right, so 40 minutes, that's not horrible. We'll, we'll get oh. that down without the chit-chat in the future. Um, anything else? Any... Huh? Uh, Ending thoughts. I mean, I think our excitement is obvious, and looking forward to more. 
Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see. I mean, I'll probably rewatch this episode, rewatch the season. Um, I know I've already done rewatched some episodes of uh, The Mandalorian, so I think that this will definitely, definitely be something that I, I revisit. You know, just like some of these other movies, and it's just great, great cinema, great scene for sure. So, Amen, brother. But anyways, all right. I guess, as we always like to say, getting old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of creepy person do you have at the end of your show now?